is Bloomberg Surveillance. We still need much higher oil prices for shale production in the U.S. to stop declining and begin to increase. I'm worried that there's a deceleration going on in part because of business caution in the face of uncertainty. We still have the Fed continuing a rate hike cycle into 2017 because the nominal numbers start looking so much better because the inflation figures are moving higher. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance. We welcome all of you a Fed Day, 1 p.m. this afternoon. We'll dive into it with Ellen Zentner, Richard Clareda, Alan Blinder, among others, uh, joining us with their important perspective. I'm told it's a dead meeting. I'm kidding. They all say it's a Who's ever said it's a dead meeting? It's a live meeting. And I guess there's not going to be any decision, but the statement always will have clues. And the press conference following, uh, I'm sorry, I expect not bombshells, and maybe it won't be like Draghi, but I actually think it'll be most interesting what Sherry Yellen says to the uh, the gathered in Washington, our Eric Schatzker, among others, gathering with Chair Yellen um, this afternoon. So 1 p.m. we'll start that uh, festivities. Right now, Bloomberg Surveillance. Brought to you by Cone Resnick Accounting Tax Advisory. Look ahead, gain insight. Imagine more of the professionals at Cone Resnick can help your business break through. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. We are thrilled to bring you Lynn Graham Taylor, working with Jane Foley over at Robobank. Why is this? Lynn Graham Taylor other than everybody else blathering about negative rates, has actually done hyper, hyper, hyper detailed research on the state of EU banking. And so if somebody puts out a note, Deutsche Bank's going to fall off a cliff, or Unicredit's going to fall off a cliff, or Rabobank, I'm kidding, Lynn, is going to fall off a cliff, how about somebody that's actually dug into the details? Lynn, congratulations on your work with Richard McGuire. I thought your research piece was riveting about actually what's going to happen here. These banks' stock actions aren't good. What is the stock price signal for European banks? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're on the uh, more on the fixed income side. Sure. Obviously, obviously we've seen. Well, you know, all of all of the well, at the moment it seems very much that we are in a situation where there's been a bit of a flipping in between the paradigms which the market is trading. So at the moment we very much see the start of a situation where more monetary easing is actually seen can be seen as a negative in that we're still stuck in this um, trap of we've now been on significant monetary easing since the financial crisis and yet still we're not really managing to create get to escape velocity so that's why now you're seeing equities you know underperforming when more easing is announced okay so there's the equity side let's bring it over to your world the hyper detailed world of short money and the kind of bonds flowing within a system what have negative rates done to lynn graham taylor's world yeah, I mean, well, obviously you've seen a significant flattening of the curve associated with those negative rates because for a lot of investors, negative rates are very unattractive. So, you know, although even – so that's essentially why you've seen a big flattening of the curve in Europe. There's just some investors who find it very difficult to uh, find negative rates palatable. Um, so 
yeah, the big the big one is this significant foot curve flattening, really. Yeah, I look at the curves coming down in the negative uh, German uh, yield, and you wonder the persistency of this. How long can we have the vectors of negative yields get even more negative? Is there a timeline you have to where banks, uh, central banks, must act? I think it's difficult to put, you know, obviously from a – You've got to think in the short term, banks can wear this from a profitability perspective. But in the longer term, the compression it's the compression of the yield curve is obviously particularly bad for banks' profitability if their sort of business is maturity transformation. So the longer term perspective, it's not a positive for bank profitability. And it's something that obviously central banks will have an eye on. But they are trapped by their mandate in that they are, uh, you know, they rely on a certain set of tools in order to hit their inflation target. And at the moment, none of those tools are actually working, but they've got to plow on regardless because they've got to try and hit their inflation target. That's their sole mandate. So whether actually that, you know, the much maybe, well, we'd, we'd go maybe fiscal stimulus is the way to go in uh, the Eurozone with increased spending by those governments in particular who have room. The ECB, that's not actually in their hands, and the structural reform of uh, economies is also not in their hands. So they've got to keep playing on with the same tools, which at the moment um, we're seeing a sort of a similar pattern to Japan, where it's just a flattening, massive flattening of the yield curve and a push into negative rates while creating no real inflation. But they're also responsible for the banking system. So if banks start to really roll over because of this, what do they do? Well, I guess so. so far I've seen no... There's been no massive evidence of obviously a huge impact, or at least in their own research, in the ECB's own research, has not been yet a big enough impact on bank profitability for them to be too concerned. I guess they could do things, little things, like perhaps make the negative deposit rate apply to lower amounts of the central bank reserves, because obviously central bank reserves are increasing quite rapidly, or roughly 80 billion a month while they're doing QE. However, I mean, big picture, even if you did something like that, these aren't huge sums of money in banking like i think you know might save a billion here a billion there but that's as a system which isn't huge amounts of money so i guess they are you know to be honest the ecb are probably in a trying to sit it out and hope mode rather than yet getting too worried about the bigger picture for the bank's banking system i guess they're thinking well this won't according to our inflation forecast this won't go on forever and we've got to hope it doesn't <laughs> it's the uh the old stein's law uh, you know what that which can't uh, continue will stop um, but the, as you say, the, the ECB you know, really can't stop uh, unless they can come to the conclusion that they're not getting anywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, you can already see it's quite interesting. In the, the exact, you're exactly right. They've got to keep doing something, and you and you can you can see in their minutes it's quite interesting, and in that they're already when they're trying to obviously QE has not been successful in terms of getting the inflation back to target but where they obviously try and see some success in it versus the counterfactual so you know what would have happened if we hadn't done anything so the fact that they're hanging their hat on right. theoretical modeling of the success already shows you that you know it's not it's, it's not creating well, the inflation they wanted it to let's get out ahead of our 1 p.m. coverage and give people an inkling. Michael McKee, one of the things, folks, you need to understand is Michael McKee and I, as a rule, cardinal rule, never share our charts because I don't want to tell Mike what to do and Mike doesn't want to tell me what to do. Sometimes it's comic. You know, we have the same chart and it's a waste of time. But I don't know what Mike's going to show on the Fed show today. 
and, you know, what we'll talk about on radio. So, Lynn, my question to you is I have Janet Yellen, June 6th, saying a mild undershooting of the unemployment rate, considered to be normal, could help move inflation back up to 2% more quickly. Do you have a confidence that central bankers can, quote, unquote, move inflation? I guess uh, tra- traditionally, you know, a low, a lower unemployment or a sort of a, a, a running a hot uh, employment sector would have created wage inflation. But if you think there's been a structural change to the industry where a lack of investment uh, and it basically means that, well, and a lack of productivity means that worker bargaining power has been significantly reduced, which it kind of looks like because there's been, you know, wage growth is running way, well, it's been quite static and running way behind where it did pre-crisis. you got to think that even with unemployment eventually running, well, they're aiming to run it a bit hot, that it's not doesn't look yet to help helping them reach their mandate on the inflation side. Yeah, how different is the Fed and, and the ECB in looking at how how uh, determined they have to be to reach these mandates. Neither one seems to be uh, succeeding. I mean, uh, I think the, the Fed are obviously in a slightly more comfortable position purely because inflation is a bit is, is a bit higher. And um, they're obviously, I guess what they're hoping is that ultimately the very low levels of unemployment, they're closer to those being low enough to feed through into wage pressures. And, you know, they'll point to some evidence in the base book and, mm. and, you know, and other sort of, sort of more idiosyncratic indicators. Right. But certainly, but the, the ECB, I guess, are in more of a, a desperation stage uh, in that they've come to the party later. And, you know, they've got sort of probably bigger structural issues than the U.S. Right. Very quickly here, Lynn, and we'll have you back. What does curve flattening signal? The fact is rates went up yesterday, but we actually got curve flattening in the United States. Is it signal slow economic slowdown, or is it so noisy now that's got nothing to do with it? I think it certainly does signal that people think that we're now in more of a new paradigm when it comes to what, how quickly the U.S. economy can actually grow going forward. What you know, what is mm. Nehru now? And I think you know you'll probably you might well see it revised. The Fed's expectations revised down in their dot plot uh, this afternoon. Right. I think it, it does mm. reflect the sort of we're in a structural phase right. now. Whether it's because of aging populations or you know many other factors at play that we are just okay. or we borrowed so much growth well, in the future. Let's come back. Lynn Graham Taylor with us with Rabobank this morning. And now to check in with Michael Barr, get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. French police, along with anti-terrorism investigators, have been alerted to the possibility that small groups of extremists have left Syria set to plan attacks in France and Belgium. A French security official says Belgian intelligence services sent a note to French counterparts about the possible groups. Defense Secretary Ash Carter has issued a statement about a U.S. Army Reserve soldier who died in a massacre at a gay Florida nightclub. Carter says Captain Antonio Brown served for about a decade to protect others, the noblest thing a young person can do. The statement goes on to say officials support the people of Orlando and the LGBT community. Britain's Prince William has appeared on the cover of the U.K. gay magazine Attitude to speak out against bullying people because of their sexuality. Global News, 24 hours a day. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Appreciate this. Futures up 5, Dow Futures up 48. 
This afternoon, our Fed coverage beginning at 1 p.m. with Ellen Zetner of Morgan Stanley. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. The news update brought to you by your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer. The star you've been wishing for is waiting at the Mercedes-Benz summer event. Head to your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer for more details. Hurry before this star flies by. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And good morning, I'm John Tucker. Let's uh, head over to the first word breaking news desk today for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, John. U.S. futures are rising today with Dow futures currently higher by 46 points. SBs gained four and a half and NASDAQ futures rise by 11. The S&P 500 cash is likely to open back above its 50-day moving average. And the U.S. 10 yield hits 1.63%. Shanghai outperformed, gained 1.6% overnight, while Europe is also trading higher. Spain rises 1.9%. The British pound rebounds from a two-month low. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, PPI final demand at 10.30, energy inventory numbers, and at 2 p.m., the FOMC rate decision. In other news, Celgene is buying back an added $3 billion in stock. And in deal news, EBICS offers to buy Patriot National for $9.50 a share, also postpones its plans for a three-for-one. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. U.S. Steel raised to neutral versus underperform at Bank of America. Best Buy and Tesoro cut to neutral over at Credit Suisse. Abercrombie raised to hold at Deutsche Bank. Cisco cut to neutral versus buy over at Goldman Sachs. And Westlake Chemical upgraded to buy at SunTrust. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. John. All right, thanks, uh, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, just type Squawk Go on your terminal. And that is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. John, thanks so much. Uh, sometimes when we do a lot of equity coverage here. You look at a bond. In this case, it's Siemens of Germany, a financial piece. Trading at a massive premium with a humongous coupon, you make six and one-eighth. It's out 10 years. That's a huge coupon. Trading from 100 up to 131, 90 basis points, nine, not a percentage point. Above treasuries, U.S. treasuries. That's remarkable. With us in the real world of fixed income, Lynn Graham Taylor as well. First of all, folks, Bloomberg Surveillance uh, this morning brought to you by Invesco. Don't settle for average in your portfolio. To Invesco, the right approach means investing with high conviction. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Lynn Graham Taylor with us with Robobank. Lynn, I, I get that the banks are buying corporate paper that the ECB is buying semen and other papers. What happens when they decide to sell it? Well, I mean, the, I think at the moment there's a commitment by the ECB on all of its bond purchases. I think I'm right on the culprits as well to uh, reinvest the uh, maturing debt and coupons until the foreseeable future. Um, so we're, that's a long way down the line yeah. in terms of when they do think about selling it. And I guess the hope is a bit like with the U.S. with their own decision to just carry on reinvesting maturing and coupons is that – you know, they're hoping right. gradually they'll be able to run this down at some point in the future when their yeah. when their growth and inflation mandate or what the inflation right. mandate is much closer to target. Mike, the foreseeable future is when I take a vacation. Well, <laughs> so you know, uh, that, in other CFA, words, that, that's never going to happen. CFA jargon. 
Never going to happen. Uh, but don't, don't the uh, Europeans have the same problem as the Fed going forward that with uh, liquidity coverage ratios being imposed and banks needing to uh, have more reserves uh, on hand, there's no reason and maybe uh, it would be extremely difficult for the banks to uh, bring down their balance sheets. Yeah, I mean, I think um – I think on the liquidity coverage ratio front, yeah, I mean, broadly speaking, everyone's in compliance. There's certainly no reason that people want to buy any more um, HQLA uh, assets. Um, so, you know, there is this, there is probably going to be an ongoing but steady uh, demand from banks who are going to, but I guess to, to sell um, to to hold on to these assets. But the flip side is that when in selling to the ECB, they get central bank reserves, and central bank reserves in excess of your reserve requirement are HQLA level one. So, you know, and in, in a lot of cases, the yield that you get on those assets, which is the yield on those cash reserves is minus 40, is actually higher than the yield in our sort of piece of work we did on it. In most of the core and semi-core of the Eurozone, one to five year debt uh, has a lower yield than minus, minus 40 anyway. So you're, in theory, you're really quite ambivalent behind between having cash reserves at the ECB or owning uh, or owning a government bond when it comes to meeting your LCR ratio. The other question for the European Central Bank is uh, what are they going to be able to buy in this negative interest rate uh, world, um, you know, especially if the German tenure continues to uh, trade negative and goes more than 40 basis points negative, that takes a huge chunk off. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question because, I mean, we just did some uh, back-of-the-envelope calculations and, you know, we think that if yields were to stay where they were, where they are currently, you know, they're going to be approaching the running out stage in terms of owning 33% of everything that's eligible in the sort of maybe only during the summer, so maybe July or August. Wow. Obviously, yields can change in the intervening period, but yeah, they, at some point they're going to have a fairly major decision as to whether potentially abandoning okay. the capital key, we, although that might would it, be difficult. In the last minute, we've got to stop the show and, and catch up on this again. You just said, with the way cash flows are now, they will own a third of the debt by when? Of eligible debt uh, by uh, the end of the summer, so maybe July or August. Mike, I did not know that that it was so. Yeah, quick. It's, it's. I just uh, assumed it was two, three years out. They have the uh, thirty. So much of the debt is now yielding below the deposit rate, basically yeah. on the Germans' front. Yeah, um, it's it's an enormous amount, uh, and they have this thirty-three percent ceiling. So they, I did not know that they are they're running into trouble. So how do they conduct monetary policy? They basically have to give up one of the tenets, uh, as you mentioned, perhaps the capital key. You've got you've got the options. The, you think the capital key is a huge, from a political hurdle perspective, is pretty massive. Uh, you've also got the potential to buy more than 33. So worry less about, you know, they don't want to hold this sort of blocking majority, but maybe they'll decide to, there's a way they can get around that as well. But yeah, look, you know, it, as things currently stand, it looks like they'll have to make a fairly major decision towards the end of the summer, and no doubt the market will push them in. You know kind of push them into that as well. Uh, there's a few options, none of which are very palatable. This is not going to be a boring summer, Tom. You know, I said that. I, I haven't said that. Lynn, Lynn Graham-Taylor, thank you so much with Robobank. Exceptionally valuable. I'm putting this out on Twitter uh, right now. Mike and I have accounts out on Twitter, Tom Keenum Economy. Mike, I usually panic about July, June 5, about there will be no news flow this summer. You and I will come in and have nothing to talk about. 
I can assure you, Mike, I do not have that panic this year. <laughs> I, I just don't. Yeah. Next I'm not week, sure if that's good news, but. Fed meeting, 1 p.m. this afternoon. Next week, Francine Lacroix, John Farrell, Michael McKee, and Tom Keene in London. You will join us all next week. Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-54WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.